Hey everybody, we're back. Another episode. Woo! <laughs> My throat hurts, so I think it's I don't know what it is. I think it's because this morning I was jamming out to some music. I was jamming out to some really good white people music. White, white people. people music. It's not white people. Kelly Clarkson. Black people love Kelly Clarkson. Yes. She's up there on the level of like Paramore. Yeah. Jojo. <laughs> Who else? Jojo is uh, not the same though. Like Jojo is basically like she makes music for black people. She's black. <laughs> she's. I was. I was not gonna say that she's black because she's not. <laughs> I don't even want to joke about that because you know people True. be like, oh, you invited to the cookout, and it's like, no, don't st- stop saying that. No. That. She makes music for black people. I mean, it's just obvious. Whereas Paramore and Kelly Clarkson just did their thing, and they didn't know that we mm-hmm. would have an affinity for them. The way, oops, my mic is backwards. Oh shit. <laughs> oh. My audio is going to be better now because my microphone was backwards. But I was saying that JoJo makes music for Black people and Kelly Clarkson and Paramore weren't trying to, but they, I mean, Black people, we love their shit. So I was jamming out to a lot of Kelly Clarkson. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, What's that song? Uh, That song by Train that we all love. Hey, so tell me, tell me, did you sail across the sun? Okay. You said, hey, so. Hey, That's what hey, you said. Hey, soul. Okay, but you were you were, you were born in 1992. I thought no, 93. That's oh, you were okay. Cool, we're born in the same year. Yeah, but you th- the answer you gave was like a year two. I was born in 1998. Answer like I, so that's that was why not I was like, answer wait. appropriate. <laughs> That wasn't an age appropriate answer. That's like saying, I listen to Britney Spears and I'm like, which, which song? And you're like, Circus. And I'm like, <laughs> bitch, you missed a whole generation and a half of Britney. What that's are you my favorite about? song. If you seek Amy, that's my favorite song. For her. <laughs> you didn't even say, you didn't even say toxic. You went straight <laughs> to Circus. <laughs> but that's such a weird thing though because like man i don't know especially now that i'm working alongside some kids who were born in like the year, two, the year 2000 2001 recent college grads it's just so bizarre the things that are like oh spongebob that's like an old show huh it's a cult <laughs> classic to them now <laughs> girl, one girl was like because we were briefly talking about 9 11 because that was yesterday completely oh. you know rest in peace but you know it just didn't Crossed my mind at all. And one girl was like, yeah, I wasn't even born then. I was like, whoa. And she's working. She graduated from college. Oh, wait, what's that math? So she's 20, like 20 and has a real job. She's like 21, like one of the late birthdays. She's actually working. Mm-hmm. I don't count retail or like a restaurant job as I'm working. No, working like where I work. Like she's like a research assistant. That's not a real job. <laughs> Wait. Bitch, I was a research assistant for like a good two months. That's not a job. That was that's an way too long. That's an extracurricular activity. That's not a job. That's like saying, I'm on the debate team. I work. <laughs> it felt like work in high school, man. I felt yeah, like work. I mean, high school is a scam. They just, I mean, <laughs> l- l- we should do a 10 year re- retrospective of high school. Ooh. Like, looking, you know what? Let's, that's our topic today. But before okay. we get there, l- okay. l- l- let me write that down so we don't forget because we'll just <laughs> be talking 10 year retrospective. <laughs> of high in schools. vivo notes love it See, if we were really good at this we would do what we used to do which is plan out episodes and have like literally an outline of I questions know. and topics it ain't that serious though it's really not that deep so mm-hmm. um here are some things i wanted to discuss or just touch on after listening to some of our old episodes okay uh we didn't say this in the episode where we talked about don't worry darling but shia labeouf has said that his abuse in honey boy was not real we talked about it after recording mm-hmm. and so i just wanted to say that for the record Shia LaBeouf the movie that I love so much that he put out that was so like wow this was his childhood I heard it was rough I heard his family lived in a motel wow it's crazy watching it and watching him play his dad after all of that him coming back like a year two years later saying the abuse wasn't real my dad never laid a hand on me yeah I was just I don't know I just wanted to make a movie and capitalize on some shit that's not real how can you do that Something wrong with, I mean, we know something wrong with him, but. I just don't know. And you know what actually makes this a lot stranger? I was talking to somebody and they told me, I guess he's in this movie where he's playing a priest and he's taken to Catholicism to the point where 
he either is converting or thinking heavily considering converting to Catholicism and he's trying to change his life and all that. Dang, where is the article? I forgot where it was. I heard but, something on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you know about that? Is that real? I just heard what you said. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, I, I could have just lied. <laughs> you were like, oh, I'll pass it off to you. No, I, I don't know more than you. I just heard, yeah, that he's like, wow, I found God. I found God on the corner of First and Amistad. Remember the fray? Yeah. What kind of hold did they have on us in, in high school? Like, they made music where I was like, if I believe, if I was like, like, it felt like a religion. Like, it felt like... <laughs> Like, remember, like, low-key church music? Like, you wouldn't know that a band mm-hmm. was, like, a church band. Like, that song, I can feel you all around me. Da-da. By Flyleaf. She was talking about Jesus. <laughs> wow. Isn't that like, uh, what's it called? Evanescence. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if somebody said, you know, they were actually a gospel group. <laughs> they were like, they, actually, <laughs> they were actually uh, Christian rock. Not because, not yeah, apparently... The phrase Christian rock and that song you found me was about finding Jesus or Jesus wow. finding you. Yeah, we crossed a bunch of bridges to get here. What you said, some Shia LaBeouf found, G- found oh, you yeah. find Jesus. Catholicism is Jesus or no? Yeah, yeah. It was the first Jesus. church. Yes. Yeah. I kind of don't believe anybody in their later life finding a religion unless it's like Muslim. <laughs> Islam. <laughs> Islam. <laughs> Wait, can I say it? Can I say that? I could just say that. Have you seen that clip? <laughs> no way. Yeah, New York on yeah. breakfast at Tiffany's when she's like, Muslim Hannity. And he's like, no, it's Islam. She's like, the nation of Islam. He's like, no, it's no. just Islam. She's like, I can just say that. And he's like, yes. And she's like, so I think it's Islam. <laughs> she's priceless. She's too much, man. I don't ever want to hear about her in real life because I just, I need her to not. I don't need to hear anything. Don't ever tell me that she said something this or that because I don't no, want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because she probably did. But she I just like has, her yeah. absolutely in her like in her space being a domineering voice in reality television and being one of our strongest soldiers and just being there. Exactly. And she's better than Nini because she doesn't complain. No. And be like, Bitch. like she keeps getting opportunities because I feel like low key behind the scenes, she's excellent to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because she being in the most random. I remember religiously in high mm-hmm. school, New York goes to work or New York gets a job, whatever show that was. I watched it all the time. It's like, how do you even pitch that type of show and get yeah, it? Because she was like TV fodder, like everybody loved. I mean, to even get that much, like that much, that many gigs without social media, like you mm-hmm. didn't have anything to show them that you had followers. All you had were ratings. Mm-hmm. So even if these shows didn't get great ratings because they kept getting canceled, they kept giving her <laughs> nice. a new gig. Yeah. And then her coming back on Big Brother in the UK, like <laughs> three to five years ago, whenever that was. And that was funny. More memes. There's like more <laughs> memes from her that keep generating every two to three years. And <laughs> um, Oh, yeah. Number two. I'm all over the place. I'm yes. already going to listen back to this and be like, what the fuck was I on? But number two thing I just want to get out of the way uh, because of what I've seen on TikTok. Ladies, if you are uncomfortable on a date, you can leave. You can can tell him you're leaving. You can say I'm going to the bathroom and just leave. Mm -hmm. You can pull the, oh my gosh, my friend's blowing up my phone. My dog got out of my apartment. I got to leave. You can do whatever. Please don't stick around because Mm -hmm. I'm noticing on these TikToks where all these girls want to talk about horrible dates that they've been on or even like some Mm -hmm. accounts where people are like, I just read like people maybe send submissions of bad dates they've been on. Or somehow they get access to people's screenshots of texts or something. I'm just like, you. all these stories have in common is mostly like, you didn't have to, either A, you didn't have to keep talking to him. You probably should have just stopped texting him or blocked him. Mm -hmm. Or two, you went on the date and didn't have a good time, but stayed for way longer. Like, you can leave. Mm -hmm. You can leave. And I will say, like, as we talked about in that other episode where we were talking about me ghosting people and me not knowing how to leave because I'm too... Mm -hmm polite that was like early 20s shit so I'll, i right. give young women a pass like young women don't really know how to stand up for themselves mm-hmm. you don't know how to leave 
We don't know how to not be polite. And sometimes we like the bar is so fucking low and we just keep going with it. Cause it's like, oh, let's see where this goes. And that leads me to my final point. If you are in your early twenties and you're dating somebody who's like older than 35, get out. <laughs> like it's never cute. It's never Ooh. an okay situation. It's <sighs> never when they're both adults. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I know y'all like to say, well, she's 22 or 24. She's an adult. Her frontal lobe. You tell me what the brain part is, because I want to say frontal cortex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The frontal lobe. There's the cortex that's around everything. But the frontal lobe, all the decision making, the executive functioning, the planning, the organization, all that higher order thinking stuff. I think in adults doesn't fully develop until you're 25. Yeah. Yes. Like the decision making high key Mm -hmm. and the like not being susceptible to manipulation because you just know enough. Also, if you want to talk in layman's terms, like you just haven't been through enough bullshit yet to finally like build up a fortitude about like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Like where I'm at at 28, like (laughs) I made so many dumb decisions in my early 20s. I did. And mm-hmm. it's not until you're later in your 20s that you can look back and be like, geez, I was fucking dumb. Like, mm-hmm. that was dumb. Mm-hmm. And so if you can think that and realize that in your early 20s, you're going to be dumb, then why do we go that a girl who's in her early 20s can date like a 40-year-old or a 38-year-old mm-hmm. or a 50-year-old and that it's fine? She's dumb. Didn't we just agree that she's dumb? Right. She doesn't know how to make know. decisions. Mm-hmm. They don't know. And it's really unfortunate because the people who know that the most are the people who are older, recognizing how life was like for them and dating and all those different interactions when they were in their early 20s. So when you have men who are older, who were that age and remember what it was like to date at that young age and how girls when they were that age were knowing that and then going into a situation when you're 35 plus 40 plus dating younger girls who are not even older than 22, knowing how they are. You're simply just taking advantage of them and knowing what time it is. And that's even more egregious to me. Yeah. If an older man is with a girl in her early 20s or even like 19, but mostly I'm going to focus on early 20s because we typically won't say like a 19 year old is okay. But I see people being like, she's 24. She can make up her own mind or whatever. Older men that are with you, like the Leonardo DiCaprio's and... Mm vast celebrities dane cooks and such they're not with you because you're fun they're not with you just because they think you're hot they think you're hot in like a post pubescent way where like you haven't fully anyways i won't even get into that but yeah the main thing is that they know that you're dumb Mm -hmm. they know that you're easy to manipulate they know that they can push you to do things you probably aren't comfortable with because again circling back to what i'm saying about you can leave dates don't stay Mm -hmm. young women in their early 20s don't have the fortitude to leave situations that they don't enjoy. Sometimes they don't even know till afterwards mm-hmm. that they didn't enjoy the situation. Like that thing with Aziz Ansari and that girl who took out. Yeah, I was thinking about that. He wasn't with her just because he thought, oh, she's cute. She was 22 and just like a, a budding photographer. What the fuck did they have in common? Like nothing. Mm-hmm. He had just won a fucking like what Emmy or something for Master of None. Like mm-hmm. he had no reason to be interested in some young girl who had nothing to show for herself. He did it. Because as she explained on the date, he knew that he could push her to do things she wasn't comfortable with because Mm -hmm. she's so young and inexperienced and naive that she doesn't have the fortitude to be like, I don't want to do this. I'm going home Mm -hmm. because in that situation. Yeah, it wasn't dangerous. He did give her room to leave and she Mm -hmm. just didn't Mm -hmm. again so young and so confused and so malleable that you stay end up doing all these sexual favors you didn't really want to do and then it's not till the next morning that you wake up disgusted and feeling violated Mm -hmm. but knowing like i feel like i should have you know i could have walked away but i didn't because you're young you're Mm -hmm. dumb you -hmm. don't have it in you (laughs) to walk away and make these kind of decisions yet because you don't have the strength within that takes time Right. Like, and again, it's the frontal, it's the frontal lobe of being Mm -hmm. like decision making. I know what I want. I know what I don't. This Mm -hmm. makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. Hey, have a good night. I'm leaving. I don't feel comfortable. Like young girls can't do that. So when Mm -hmm. I see the Florence Pews with the Zach Braffs, whoever married fucking Dennis Quaid, his wife is like 26 and he's 52. Yeah. The Dane Cooks with their Mm -hmm. 23 year old fiancés. It's not a, oh, 
oh, he and Leonardo DiCaprio's with all those various models. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, oh, he just likes young women. It's he likes women who are skinny, gorgeous, like their metabolism hasn't s- slowed down yet, but also mm-hmm. they're dumb. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Like, it's kind of scary when you really talk about it for what it is. They want mm-hmm. women who don't know how to stand up for themselves and don't know how to make decisions mm-hmm. so that they can make the decisions for you and and just kind of like bend you to whatever they want. And then you leave the situation traumatized right. and scarred because you're mm-hmm. like, and it's not until you're later in your 30s or maybe your late 20s that you're like, that was horrific. Even the right. stuff with Army Hammer. Ugh, the, yeah. the girls who spoke out about him mm-hmm. were 20. Yeah. 22. Mm-hmm. Be- he pick- they they know what they're doing. They never accidentally because, you know, there's this myth that, oh, I mean, it can be true. Like, oh, I was about to say so developed. And oh, she's fifth. I didn't know she was 15. Sometimes that is a thing. But normal people will find out your age and then immediately be like disconnected. These men know that these they girls know. are 20, 19, 22, 18, 17. They know they like absolutely. That. And one thing about that, too, is like, OK, maybe, you know, the girl could have a beat face and be wearing a certain outfit and may look in a certain way that portrays them to be older. Once they open their mouth, I'll have a conversation with them, not even 20 minutes. They'll show your age because you have no choice but to show your age because that's how old you are. And I think that when people talk about things like this, it's like, well, you know, my grandpa was, you know, 45 and he married my grandma who was 20 and then they had 85 kids and Mm. this and that. It's like, okay, fine. But that's the exception and it's not the rule. We know what time it is. We know the pattern. We know what this means when men do these things. And there may be some exceptions out there, but that's not the rule. So people will bring up these experience like these. Mm. I don't know. Well, what about this? You also have to look back. You have to look back at the context, though. 40, your grandparents. Right. What are they like? 80, 70, Mm -hmm. 80. So what was the year when they would have gotten married? Was it the 50s? Was it earlier? A little bit later? Right. So back then when women really weren't working, weren't empowered to go to school, if they were even allowed the opportunity to go to school back then, the framework was you do need a man like men do provide. Mm-hmm. They are the only way you get out of your parents' house. Like back mm-hmm. then, women weren't getting their own apartments right. and doing it for themselves. So if your grandma was 20, she probably wasn't expected to go to school or do anything. Right. And so, yeah, when this 40 something year old came along and started paying attention to her, her parents were probably like, he's got a good job. Or he'll mm-hmm. provide for you. Sure. And you're probably mm-hmm. like, this is my way out of my parents' house. Right. Like, it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the what, same. Like, you can't compare anything that your grandparents did or what their relationships were like to us at all. Like when people are like, our grandparents, my grandparents have been married for 50 years. And it's like, but again, what was the, the what happened back then? Mm-hmm. Did women, were they able to leave and pay for their own homes and raise kids on their own? Mm-hmm. Were they able to work and make competitive salaries? with men or even salaries that could just afford them their own thing where they encouraged to go to school. You know, you can't compare the shit because, yeah, our grandparents stayed together, but they didn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Where was she going to go? And then mm-hmm. everybody was going to shame her if she did leave. Right. So it's not even the same. That's not to take away from like people who are in like relationships that are healthy or whatever. It's like we're not talking about that context. These are situations where it's clear that the man is taking advantage of whoever it is that he is dating these younger girls. And that's the context. And that has happened for generations. So yeah, it is what it is. any man that age who's with a girl half his age is he's taking advantage. There's no healthy way to be with someone that young who doesn't know. I mean, maybe if y'all fucking fought together in like Iraq or something <laughs> and bonded through saving each other's lives and then came <sighs> I mean, I mean, but that's not going to pan out in the real world because the real world in America is not going to be the Iraq battlefield. I'm saying Iraq because I've been watching Army Wives. Okay, I was about to say, (laughs) I was like, what are we talking about? (laughs) You're like, wait, what are we talking about? (laughs) But I mean, you know, this these are situations and contexts that are outside of a healthy relationship. If this if there is a situation where there's a healthy relationship happening and all that is fine. Cool. We're not talking about that because it does. I'm not saying it does not exist because you can't say it doesn't exist completely. But in situations where that is not happening and oftentimes when we see the Dane Cooks and all these people online or whatever um, in these celebrity environments, it's mm-hmm. typically not healthy. So I don't even think it can work long term, though. I feel like there's I don't think there's a way to be healthy being 23, marrying a 52 year old. But even if there was by the time you're 35 and he's in his 60s, do you really think y'all are maturing in the same direction? Oh, no, he's he's grown like he's been grown. He's already been making decisions and he's Mm going to get mad as he sees that he can't control you anymore. Unless you just want to be like Woody Allen and his 
uh, stepdaughter wife where like it's very clear that he's been controlling that situation this whole time and that's why they're still together but i won't dip into that that's Mm -hmm. that before we get out of this topic i just want to uh suggest that y'all go to this instagram account called at tracy t-r-a-c-i-e Morrissey, M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y. And look mm-hmm. at her highlight on her Instagram called Game Night. That's where this rant is coming from. It's, mm-hmm. you'll just see, but it's about Dane Cook and his history of inviting 14 to 19 year old young girls actresses as well to his home with his 40 to 50 year old buddies calling it Game Night and how the actresses that he invited during that time aren't even cool with him anymore. And I wonder mm-hmm. why. Oh, thanks for just gross. Just very nasty. Ugh. Is there anything you'd like to say in this quick uh, section of just topics that you want to quickly touch on? Yes, I'll say things that I've liked so far. So I recently saw that Cheryl Lee Ralph, who um, played, oh my gosh, what was her name? <laughs> she's on Abbott Elementary. She wanted an Emmy for her role. And she's been in the game for like 40 years. She played oh. Melissa's stepmom. She was in what? She was in Dreamgirls, right? Like the original, I think. I feel like she was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other things. And she won an Emmy for it, which is really exciting. So I she love that. Sister Act 2. She was in right. Sister Act 2. She was the mom who's like, damn it, I'm not going to let you turn into your father. That's you died true. on the street. <laughs> Singing music. <laughs> All up to this moment. So I was like, I'm excited That's a great for thing. her. Yes. Oh my like, gosh, her ah. son was on um Baldwin Hills. <laughs> was he? I yeah, know he posts Et- about her all the time on Twitter. Etienne. 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 It's a French name. But yeah, uh, you can tell he lives such a like bougie, rich kid lifestyle. Oh, I love I'm that. sure. I love it. I love it for them. That's just it's beautiful. Yeah. Good for her. I'm excited. Yeah. For her. I was like, that's exciting. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, I wasn't interested in this whole don't worry, darling thing. And we don't have to talk about it because that's kind of at this point, it's like very old news. I that was a movie that I I saw a trailer for it. And I think we talked about it. Maybe it was on air or off mm-hmm. air or something like that. No, so we talked it, about it on air. Oh, we did already? Don't okay. worry, darling. Yeah, yeah, we talked about all the tea, all the drama. Okay, no wonder. Okay, never mind. So I, I think it did not click until now. I was like, oh, this is like a psychological thriller. It yeah. did not click. Until now for me. Wow. Okay. Well, that was breaking. What did you think it was? Like a (laughs) rom-com? I thought it was like marriage story. Like them just being married and yelling at each other. No, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch it either. I just saw that clip of them yelling at each other and they were married. I saw the clip of Scarlett Johansson dancing in the... (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In the the meme on Twitter that was like, why do all white women dance like this? They always end up putting their hands above their head and like... And the meme of like uh, Adam Driver punching the wall. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> That's the context of the whole movie. Man. <laughs> Which is so embarrassing. I just summed up the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yeah. The Don't worry, darling, is a psychological thriller. And the ratings have been like really bad so far. Not oh. really bad. 30 really something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's all critics right now. Oh. But anyways, I mean, I heard that they're not saying apparently that Harry is necessarily bad. Oh, okay. Maybe just that the movie's not good. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to see it. I'll think on it. I'll probably see it like two weeks after it comes out or something. After after all the dust settles. Yeah, when the dust settles, just because I'm like, I mean, it's one of those movies that I would probably be like, "Eh, I'm not going to see it. But then too many people would be talking about it. And I'd be like, oh, fuck, I have to see it. Like, I just need to see it to see for myself. And I mean, I still feel like the trailer looks good. You thought it was good, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it all like came together for me. It's like, oh, this is this is scary. (laughs) they did say it's like they said it was like basically the truman show slash get out and like you can see the twists like pretty quickly and which i mean looking at the trailer i was like yeah i was exactly yeah i looked at the trailer like okay so we know what's gonna happen i guess we just are watching for them to spell it out for us i guess um Cool. I mean, maybe it'll turn into something like they're, I don't know. I mean, it could be wilder than we think. So if you, I mean, child, I'll see it, I guess. And we can report back. Okay. "Eh, It was all right. Well, it was okay. (laughs) You know what, though? Honk for Jesus. That's a movie that I want to see. I think it's. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm curious about it because it's like it's Sterling. Sterling K. Knight. K. Knight. Okay. No, no. Sterling Sterling K. Brown. Yes. Sterling Knight is that little white boy from Disney Channel. You're right. Oh my god. From Zoe with a no, um no, Disney a Channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that and Regina Hall. And mm. it was uh, two Nigerian twins. 
Were they like, the yeah, writers? one Where of them wrote it? and directed it and the other one produced. That's why yeah. I think I, I I bought a ticket this weekend and then I returned it. <laughs> why? I was like, I'm not, I don't know. Like, I want to <laughs> see it, but I'm like, I don't. I mean, it's so funny, too, because I literally the show was at four on Sunday. I bought my ticket at like 11 or noon. It mm-hmm. was completely like all the seats were free were open. Like nobody wow. had bought a ticket that at all. I was like, it's playing in like five hours. Nobody has bought a ticket to this show at all today. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's just like, I don't want to see a movie about church. It's mm-hmm. just uh, like, I already kind of feel like I read the synopsis and I know what's, what it is. So I'm, I would mostly be watching it to see the jokes, which mm-hmm. I'm sure there are jokes. I just don't like church. <laughs> so I feel mm-hmm. like <laughs> even just having to watch people pl- play like a first lady and a pastor. I just feel like mega churches are such scams like if you aren't leading a mega church you're a bad person because where is that money going I why mean, are you rich it's i mean there's definitely oh i could maybe I mean, I, have poor well, people giving you money there's yeah they're like prosperity gospel is incredibly problematic and that's where a lot of these mega churches are like built on prosperity gospel where it's like you plant a seed into this one thing and then this particular thing that you pray for comes quote unquote comes true but like the church is not a, like a wishing business and sometimes I mean, yeah churches i was literally like it seem like it, it is that sounds like, like a wishing well like yeah give us your money and pray and it'll come back to you and it's like i just after watching greenleaf with my family mm. i was like i bet tv jakes lives in like an estate like this like i i bet he'd be having like drivers and private planes and it's like how do you accept money from poor people and live such a lavish rich lifestyle and just feel good like didn't the bible say like it's easier for like a camel to pass through a needle than like a rich man to see heaven but y'all don't talk about that bible verse like that Mm -hmm. i don't know why i just to me it's like you cannot and i've talked to my sister we've gone back and forth about this like Mm -hmm. you cannot be wealthy i just feel like like no how is your congress if you have a congregation specifically Mm -hmm. like y'all don't have like scholarships like all that surplus money like i understand being like i make six figures as a pastor sure Mm -hmm. but anything about that it's like y'all don't want to like reinvest that back into the people like scholarship programs maybe like a a lottery for people to pay their bills like Mm -hmm. people can write in to say what they need paid show evidence of what the bill is and you send them like how do you not invest that back into your church why do you decide well hey surplus we make like i should just be i'm the pastor i'm the draw like how do you have that thought but if you go to a church and you're like no we do have scholarship programs and we do have uh they do pay people's Mm -hmm. bills if they need it and they do then like kudos to you write us at is it that deep though is it that deep though <laughs> at gmail.com h o u g h at gmail.com because i'd <laughs> actually love to hear that that would be great if you're like actually it does happen in my church because yeah that'd be great but i'm like the rest of y'all like y'all are going to hell because i'm just like how the how do you really think that you deserve to be wealthy it's a problem because one thing that i think is incredibly problematic with this and i thought about this a lot because obviously like we were raised in the church i'm still actively involved in church and I've been reading up about like deconstructing Christianity where you're thinking about and just like really being critical about especially white supremacist American hegemonic Christianity and how that is the main driving force behind a lot of churches and not like the relationships with Christ and being in stewardship to your fellow man. If you are in stewardship to your fellow man and you are serving them, then the purpose is not for you to receive the purpose is for you to serve because that is what Christ did. He served man, those that were like him, those who weren't like him and everything in between. And one thing that's really problematic is that some of these big churches that are built on prosperity gospel, there's this pastor named Creflo Dollar who oh my God. his name was Creflo Dollar. So, uh, but I will say he did. I think there's a reckoning that's been going on, especially in the past, uh, maybe like five I would actually probably say 10 years, but especially the past five with like people like Jackie Hill Perry, Tim Ross talking about these problematic and racist things in the American church. Even big people like Creflo Dollar, who have historically benefited from prosperity gospel, went to the congregation and was like, I was wrong. I it was blind leading the blind. Like I was I made a mistake. This is not of the Lord. And I'm not going to say like, oh, well, I'm going to be part of Creflo Dollar's church. I don't. I don't know anything about his ministry. I just know that he was buying private planes and now he's recognized that that isn't yeah. good. He's not the only one who did that, though. I was absolutely like, you don't not there. You don't think most of them are doing kind of doing similar things like it's about the money. I mean, and I, don't I think know like how... the big the big mega churches. Yeah, it's problematic because it's the point. The thing is that you aren't supposed to 
one like there was one speaker i can't remember his name but he was talking about how church is not supposed to sell satisfaction like you're not supposed to feel like okay i need to go to church to get satisfied you need to go to church for relationship with christ and if the church were to fall apart just like how when people weren't going to church in person during covid your relationship with christ shouldn't falter but for a lot of people it did and that's because they went to the church for entertainment for satisfaction for feeling good for sewing for feeling better than other people and that's not the point of it but because humans are flawed and people are flawed and people like the power that comes from being in a position of leadership and thinking, oh, I'm going to plant this church. I'm going to do this and that. And I'm going to have this huge following. That's when you see people fall. And a lot of these pastors that are falling now due to like, what's his face? He's constantly cheating on his wife. John Gray. They or, all are. Like all these people. They all are. There's I, too many of them to count. I mean, there's cheating on their wives. I can't say like every single pastor she on his wife, you know what I mean? But it's like it's not every single one, but it's enough to where it's like, okay, it's, it's a, it's a problem. Absolutely. But I think it's like, it's that aspect of it. And that for me personally, my, the relationship that I have with Christ won't falter because it's not built on being in the hegemonic white American church. It's built on the relationship with Christ. But a lot of people, unfortunately don't have that because of the flaws that are in the church right now. But because it's Christianity and a lot of people think, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm quote unquote better than this person. No one's going to say it like that, but that's the like the air that they're talking about their faith. It's hard to take criticism and it's hard to look in the mirror and be like, what does it mean to be a Christian for you? Are you doing it because you want the relationship with Christ? Or are you doing it for moral posturing? I well, know. I mean, even Christianity, as we were taught it, as I was taught it, it's all to be like, I'm going to go to heaven or I have to so that I can go to heaven. So you're already taught like this isn't really a choice. It's like a you have to thing. And then on top of that, being told like this is the only way to go to heaven. Everybody else who doesn't believe is going to hell. You do look at other people like it's normal for Christians to look at the whole idea of I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. We walk in the light of Christ and these other people are sinners and they're worldly. Don't listen to that. Like it is about separating yourself from others and if you believe that i'm going to the good place and they're all not and they're these poor lost souls who don't even know the right thing and you're especially even looking at other religions like y'all are not believing the right thing mm. then yeah it's normal to be like mm, like looking down on people because they're not believing what you believe or that they believe something differently when in reality i it took me a long time to realize this christianity just like all religion it's just another way to cope with like why are we here how do I run from the anxiety and deal with the anxiety of being a human being? Because it's really hard. Mm -hmm. People need something. They need an outlet. They need something to believe in. And so that's all it should be is like, this is what I believe in. And it gets me through mm -hmm. rather than looking at other people like you should believe what I believe. Like mm -hmm. if it's working for them, let them be their religion. Like it's different. Let's not dig too deep into where people are going mm -hmm. <laughs> based on their beliefs. Like just focus on yourself. Um, we can get out of this church talk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's I just not our main thing. topic. No, I know, I know. It's not the one more thing. Okay. I think the thing that I'll just plant it on in terms of my, and again, if you want to have a conversation with me about it, that's fine. Um, it's not that deep though at gmail.com. For me, the focus is the relationship. If you have the, for me personally, if I am developing my relationship with Christ and it is strong and I position myself to fashion my life like Christ, through that, if I'm going to be a representative of Christ, I want to be the representative in the right way. And through that, if people are enamored by it, or maybe not enamored by it, or if people are curious about what it is, I'm not ashamed to talk about what Christianity means to me and things like that. Never in my life will I ever put anybody down, will I ever say like, oh, this person is wrong because of this, or this is wrong because of that or whatever, because I'm not God. And I think a lot of people postured themselves, you're supposed to be like Christ, you're not supposed to be God. The only person who is God is Christ, in my opinion, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I speak for those who were forced to go to church for 18 years. And then the minute they got the opportunity to do what they wanted, they stopped. They stopped and going. OK, yeah. well, let's get to our topic because we're okay. we're at that time. OK, so 10 year high school retrospective. Cool. So let's start off with the question. What were you like in high school? If you changed from ninth grade to 12th, you can elaborate on that as well. Okay. What was I like in high school? I was quiet in high school. I was, I would say I was nerdy, but not in the sense of like, I mean, I don't know anything about anime. I don't know. I guess not in the quote unquote traditional way of being nerdy, but I was definitely nerdy. I wasn't popular. I didn't hate high school. I just, I felt like I was just, I was just doing my thing, but 
<laughs> not you. you know, okay, cool. Look, I I see you. This is um I was just doing my thing, lying, laying in the cut, just chilling, like just doing my thing. <laughs> I was dropped off at school. I went to school and I came home and that was it. So I think I'm I'm sure we're gonna get into like insecurities stemming from high school and how that has impacted our lives moving on. So I'll go into more depth about that. But no, my brother and sister though, very popular in high school. I was not. Okay. I will say that in high school, I was the same. Like, I was not cool. Just cringe, cringe, immaculate, cringe incarnate is what I was. Um, I really liked John Mayer back then. I really liked the All-American Rejects. Mm -hmm. I liked, quote unquote, white things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to the kind of high school where in all the AP classes were just like, white people and a speckle of Asians and then me Mm -hmm. or me and another black person who would maybe drop out, maybe not, not drop out of school, but like drop the AP class or not. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had friends. I was not popular and I got no play in high school. No boys like me. I was was horrible posture, just like no confidence for real, for real like that. And strict parents. Oh yeah. (laughs) A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And like, even now, as I think, like, if I were to, ref- I reflect on high school actually a lot because now being like an adult and having to create social networks outside of being within the structure of school or even the structure of like a program or whatever like that, it's like, it's difficult for me. And I feel like I have to try really hard. And I felt that way in high school. I felt like I had to, I don't know. I just felt like I had to like overcome a lot to maintain social or like initiate social connections outside of just like, oh, we're in debate together or, or we're in band together. And now as an adult, like having to go out and make friends and do mm. that whole thing again, it kind of, it almost kind of feels like being in high school and be like, well, I got to really put myself out there, you know? And I felt some type of way about that feeling like, why can't it just be easy? But at the same time, it's like, I think that's just, that's just who I am. I, I have to try. <laughs> when I think about like public school and like high school, it's one of the top reasons I don't want to have kids because I don't want to put them through that. That shit was, <laughs> anyways, what was your favorite thing about high school? Favorite thing? What did I like the most? Honestly, high school was funny. I just felt like kids were just so funny in classes. And yeah, I think high school was funny. I did like debate. I was in debate. I liked that a lot. I think those are like the top two things that I really liked about high school. Just like the environment. It was like a very diverse school. It was like 30% of like everything. So it was very diverse. Kids would just, it was just really funny overhearing what kids would say and just interactions. And then I just like being in debate. Man, uh, I feel like the two good memories that I have. Okay, yeah, the two good memories I have that I'll stick to were my first one, and they both have the same thing in common. There was one homecoming night that I went to as a sophomore Mm. or junior, and I didn't go to participate. We didn't have a homecoming dance, but we did have like homecoming queens and stuff like that. I, of course, was not in the lineup. Like I would I would never find my name on any kind of ballot like that. Oh, never. They didn't even know I went to that school. (laughs) (laughs) They I don't know. Um I went to the homecoming football game because our photography class was like invited to go and take photos Mm -hmm. for class. And I guess maybe they would have ended up, I don't even think they were going to make it to the yearbook, but some of us decided to go. And I feel like that was a fun night because I'd never been to a football game before. And I was like, oh, this is kind of exciting. Is this what people do? Like during the week or on Fridays or whenever football games are, this is kind of fun. (laughs) And then the second day was prom. And that day was so fucking chaotic and hectic. Like, ugh. I got my hair done at like noon, which was a mistake because then I took a nap and my curls like fucked up because I slept on my hair. I tried to wrap up my head. I didn't do it right. So I was late meeting my friends at their house to take photos because I was trying to recurl my hair. I would use this lipstick that I'd never used before. Trust me, Uh, if you're going to do a makeup look, like a really good makeup look, practice before. Absolutely. Always practice because this was the kind of lipstick where like you were supposed to. I remember I got it because Halle Berry was was the lady on the... (laughs) <laughs> on the flyer or whatever at the, at, at the Walgreens where I got it. Like, she oh, looked so Revlon. good with it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Revlon. So it was like this red lipstick where like one side of it was the actual slip stain and the other side was the gloss to go on top. I remember that. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I don't think I realized that you were supposed to wait for the paint to dry mm-hmm. properly, like all the way through and then put the gloss on top. Because mm-hmm. every time I put, I tried to put the gloss on, the 
lip stain got all crackly and disgusting. And so I was like, oh, this makeup is not working in my favor. My curls that my mom paid for fell all the way out. I'm late to the like, I didn't even make it into the group photos because I was so fucking late. I'd mm-hmm. had to invite this like June. He was either a junior or a sophomore to go with me for my like theater group that I was in. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, nobody was going to ask me and I didn't have anyone. Oh, period. But it was a fun night. So I said all the bad things about it. But once <laughs> we got there, it was fun. It was literally like one of those perks of being a wallflower. Like in that <laughs> moment, we were infinite. Seven <laughs> nights. And I had that because like these two, the, what these two things had in common is I felt like an actual, mm-hmm. like a fun teen. Like, you know, yeah. the teens that you see in movies and TV mm-hmm. and they go to parties and they go out with their friends and they go joyriding and they meet boys at the park and mm-hmm. all of this fun. Like I didn't do that in high school. So my parents were too strict. Like they wouldn't mm-hmm. let me sleep over anywhere. Yep. They didn't approve of me hanging out with anybody unless they knew them personally. So only like people from church. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like my home environment. Like I just had no real freedom. I didn't have the Lizzie McGuire friend group. I didn't have like mm-hmm. anything. So like those two nights that I did have when I got to go out and be out at night and be around other teens and like mm-hmm. feel like I kind of fit into the atmosphere. It was like it was like being on on like speed or something <laughs> like <laughs> just this wild like rush of like oh my gosh what? <laughs> it's like a dream because <laughs> i was a fucking loser like i didn't have fun my parents didn't allow it my hair was a mess like my mm. clothes were ill-fitting like it wasn't until i worked at forever 21 Mm. my junior year that I could finally pay for my own clothes. So mm-hmm. my style got a little better because I was actually getting to choose my mm-hmm. own clothes because my mom was like not trying to, she was very cheap when it came to buying clothes. So like she was not, and I was yeah. already tall and she was very religious. So like I couldn't show my elbows. I couldn't show my knees. Like Oh yeah, I couldn't even show, nope. You couldn't wear Gosh, yeah. short sleeves, tanks. Nope. I had no agency. Like, I feel like I missed out on a, the stuff that you see on TV is the fun part of being a teenager because mm-hmm. my parents, they just wouldn't let me do anything and I couldn't be myself mm-hmm. and I couldn't do anything. So high school is especially tough because I just felt like I never really fit in anywhere. What were your worst, <laughs> your least favorite parts of high school? These favorite parts. Ooh, okay. Um, goodness. I think I was telling you the story. I think definitely not air. I think we were just talking on the phone, but there I was in band my freshman and sophomore year. And there was a night that we had stayed super late because our band director thought that we were in the armed forces and would keep us super late to like <laughs> whatever. My dad hated our band director. It was like past midnight after a game. We were all supposed to go home, but he was giving us notes like when you were on the field on the 42nd you know, yard line, you should have done this and that. Everyone's like falling asleep. Now I bust into the band hall yelling at me, screaming like I was calling you what did that. And I think that is what I think it just exposed me because I was like in band. I played the flute. I was like, I don't know. I just was just there. I don't think anyone would see me like, oh, that's Cynthia in band. And I was just like, I literally just showed up. And I'm like, oh, she's here. <laughs> I don't think anyone noticed me. Everybody looked at me. People, I think was that it had to be freshman year, upperclassmen, everybody. And just like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know when you were when you were younger, if you felt like this, but like whenever my parents called me, I immediately just like whipped my head and just like, oh, it was just startling. So that was hard. And now I look back at it and laugh. And in the moment, oh, I felt like I just wanted to explode. I wasn't bullied in high school, but I just remember people thinking that I was just so quiet, like I was mute because I just didn't say a lot. And I wasn't in like um, what like the highest math you can take is like calculus. Right. I never took calculus in high school. In seventh grade, I took like regular math because I was afraid that I wasn't going to be good at math. And that just, and I was always kind of like a step behind mm-hmm. all the smart people in math the entire time. So I was in like math with like people who were not in AP classes. I think that's where the funniest moments in high school happened because everyone was just so funny in those classes. But then also I felt like people like were like trying to look on my paper and be like, ask her if she can like shift the paper a little more so we can see it. Like no one would like people would talk about me and I could s- sense that they were talking about me, but they would never talk to me. And I felt it because I was quiet. That was hard. And I, was, and I think I kind of internalized that. It's like, what's wrong with me? Mm. I don't know. But... I just feel like the whole worst thing of high school is just the fishbowl effect. Like mm-hmm. you can't leave. You're just, you have to be there all day. You got to be in this small classroom. You got to be there every day. Like, ugh, just being a kid with no autonomy, mm-hmm. no decision making, like options, having parents to answer to. 
uh, like I really had no agency. Like I was just struggling. Like we struggling. Like I, my hair was a mess. My clothes oh my were gosh. bad. Yeah. Like uh, the those student loans did what they needed to do. I literally <laughs> upgraded myself when I graduated because <laughs> I could. I bought better quality hair, better clothes. Like my shoes better, my clothes better. <laughs> <laughs> better, better ingredients, better visa, better, better bitches, better money. <laughs> My shoes better, my clothes better. I work harder. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. Because <laughs> like, it was like, oh gosh, people in college would never have any idea that I was like a fucking loser. Because like, oh, when I was away from my parents hmm. and I could make decisions and I had yeah. the government's money in my pocket or whatever <laughs> loan company money funding my lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I was popular. And I I mean, I feel like I was popular. I went out a lot. I hooked up a lot. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all false confidence, of course, that I had to later actually rebuild for real, for real. But yeah, no, back to high school. It just sucked. Like, <laughs> it was just a horrible time. I was like bullied in elementary school, bullied in middle school, made fun mm-hmm. of in high school school and it's the worst when you're like there's nothing I can do about this like I know I don't look good like I know that I'm (laughs) awkward and gangly but like what the fuck am I supposed to do about this I don't have money like my parents don't put money into things that I like or like my parents it just was a fucking mess like literally teach your kids to not pick on the weird kids I wasn't like the weird kid, weird kid. Like I talked, yeah, I, I was smart in class. Teachers loved me. Mm-hmm. Like I spoke up. I always like I was known. People knew I was there. Mm-hmm. But it was like also the thing where it's like I just was not it. Like, oh, I was not it. My posture was horrible. Oh, child. Oof, yeah. I would not. You couldn't pay me. Could not pay me to go back there. I would not go to back to high school. I wish though that I had like a reality TV show crew following me around because I'd want to see what I saw back then to see if it was really that bad. I really would want to see because like some of the things that I think back about with high school, I don't know. I remember I've gotten a little not big drama, but a little drama over student council because I was in student council. I was running for senior class secretary. Another girl was running for senior class secretary. I this was around the time that um, Drake's mixtape so far gone or whatever came out <laughs> so i made like vote for cynthia blah, blah, blah. i forgot what the poster what the thing is but i fashioned it at, like after the album cover for that mixtape and i brought it to school because i made a ton of them and i was like oh my gosh this is so cool i'm voting for you i'm voting for you whatever i had created a tumblr for the first time around that time followed all the people in my student council class one girl was like it wasn't tumblr used to have this thing where you could like ask anonymous questions and it would publish yeah. them yeah she was like i don't she was subbing me it was so weird because she was so nice to my face. And but she was some of me and being like, you know, some people like vote for me for senior class secretary because I'm not using gimmicks from like over exposed rappers or whatever. To and I was like, wait, is that uh, me? She was coming for you. Uh, yeah. So surprised. <laughs> and she won. Oh, I remember being uh, like, wow, really? Hmm. Yeah. Shit doesn't make sense in high school. I kind of just realized, like, I was not going to be the main character in high school. I was very much, like, not the main girl. Uh, I was very pathetic. Oh, man. I would have loved to have done theater in high school. I just did not have the courage. Like, I didn't want people looking at me. I just, it's sad. I don't know. I I feel like this is getting too personal. (laughs) Oh, no, it's okay. I I put it all out. I just said... I put it all on the yeah. table. I mean, I suggested we just make it a whole topic, but like, well, this is the shit that like I need to talk to a therapist about because the shit that happens in high school really does affect you. It, it fucks does. you up mm-hmm. and stuff from like my parents has like really upset me and fucked me up over the years. Like they really fucked. They contributed to the fucking up of my confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it took me a long time to get any sort of real confidence mm-hmm. when your parents are like the number one people who are supposed to instill in you that you can do anything. I feel like mm-hmm. Nigerian parents are always just like, we only care about you being good at education. That's literally it. Fuck all everything else you want to do. We don't care. We're going to laugh at you if you talk mm-hmm. about your dreams, because all we care about is that you do what we want so that we look good. That's what we care about. And it's so fucked up. It's messed up. You don't even want to tell them. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. My parents don't know shit about me. Um, They just, I mean, they know stuff about my job now because I have a good job. But like Mm -hmm. they don't back then, like they weren't they were not the kind of parents who asked how your day was, if you liked your classes. Like I was bullied, like I told you, and they didn't know Mm -hmm. because they never asked. Like I had teachers who were mean to me. They didn't know because they (laughs) never involved themselves like they were just too busy with their own lives. And also like Nigerian parents at that time, at least, were just not the kind of parents who wanted to know who their kids were or what they were going through. That's just not how they had even been raised. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was not a great experience. And looking back, I'm like, some people just <laughs> let me not say anything too too much. No, I know what you mean. And it's <laughs> frustrating because as you get older, to a certain extent, you're like, okay, coming to a new country, having to work and suffer and certain in survive and put your kids through, you know, all that type of stuff. You understand the context as to why certain things were done, but it doesn't take away from how it affected you and how choices could have been made and those choices weren't made, you know, because like I was in theater in high school. I was in debate. I was in. It's so funny. I was in all these things. I think like if we're like, let's be real or whatever. I was in all these things because I actually like attention, but I just don't know how to get it. I think that's my issue. Like some people, a lot of people like I don't like attention. I don't want people looking at me. It's like I like being on stage. I like attention. But I don't I don't know. I just don't. Some people just get attention mm-hmm. immediately off rip. I don't do that. And I feel like I have to work hard. I'm not like mm-hmm. attention, attention seeking. I'm not. But I just don't I don't mind it. I like being at the center. Mm-hmm. I'm not. But I'm not there all the time. So I feel like I did. I do. I did and do a lot of things, but I was still kind of like hidden. I don't know. It's weird. And I kind of still feel like that now, especially as an adult trying to like develop social networks and stuff it's like i'm involved Mm -hmm. in a lot of things but i'm still kind of hidden i don't know it's interesting when i met you i was so impressed by you like (laughs) i thought like you were like i mean i won't say icon hero but like seeing somebody who looked like me doing improv and being good at it and like having no fear on that stage that was my biggest fucking fear like i wish i could have done improv at that age i wish i could have been like fear because that shit to me is fearless like it's not you just standing up on stage in front of people it's you gotta like work with your body and like make jokes off cuff and like really be it's you have to be fucking smart and you have to have no fear to really be good at it and i was very fearful like i was still in college like hindered by like the idea of like I can't do anything like I don't want people looking at me stuff like that because of just how I'd been raised and whatever and so seeing you do improv and being so good at it I was just like that is so cool like wow I remember your last show when I got all those pictures of everyone uh, your last snafu show you were fucking killing it you were on like I remember being like flames flames (laughs) like just fucking amazing you were like having a great night and it was so fun it was fun oh and I can only imagine how that feels when you're just like in the moment like it's got to feel like shooting free throws and like hitting net each time or like just thinking baskets in a basketball game like you had to did you feel like you were on fire that night I did it was fun it was fun and I liked it and it's see again I don't want to seem like oh I'm so attention seeking but it was like my last show everyone knew it was my last show it's like it's Cynthia's last show I was like yes I want yes but I you just didn't. I mean it's a, it's normal to like attention there's nothing wrong with you saying you liked attention okay because I that's something I've struggled with for a long time. I think this is actually the first time I've actually admitted it. Like I like attention. I want it, but I just don't get it all the time. But I don't want to be one of those people who like, you know, show out and like do a lot. It's like, oh, you're doing too much for attention. I I don't think I hope I'm not that type of person, but I don't know. I feel like I I I seek it. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe I do and I just don't notice it. And that's another personal thing I'm projecting, but I, mean, I, I don't got that vibe. You don't even text me that much. <laughs> She's like, I just love attention. Like, I love everybody to pay attention to me. And it's like, it'd be crickets during the week. (laughs) I don't know. I just be looking at your location like, oh, (laughs) I don't know what you're up to. But (laughs) (laughs) you don't even talk about yourself that much. (laughs) You literally. Like when you were dating that guy, I had to pry information out of you because you just did not want to talk about it. And I was like respectful of it because I'm like, I mean, I do be like making looks. (laughs) I do be like, I'd be quick to be like, if you like it, I guess. You know, like some people don't want to talk to somebody who's going to make a negative situation worse. But like, you know, like you don't talk about yourself that much. So it's funny to hear you be like, I love attention. That's so, I know. And that's the weird part. I don't know what it is, man. Shoot, I need to go to therapy too. I don't know what it is. But yeah, I don't like talking about, I'm private. I don't like talking about myself, but I want attention. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) But I don't do anything about it. There's got to be a, a phrase for that. So what is that? What kind of yeah. thing is that where you want is, attention, but you don't do anything to get it? You don't do anything to get it. And you don't put yourself out there or yeah. communicate. <laughs> I like attention now. I fucking love attention. If I could get into acting now, I would. But not like acting like the way people like real adults who do it are doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't want to be on anybody's screen ever. No, but if not. I could go back and do theater in high school as the person I am today, I would fucking do it. I just yeah. can't re-enroll in a high school at 28. 
and I'm not rewinding the clock because, like I said, I would never go back. So, um, if there's like a (laughs) an adult theater, it probably is like an adult theater. I don't know. Now, don't get me to don't get me to to reneging now. Being like, yeah, Yeah, there is community theater, isn't there? There is. I don't know. I don't want to do any weird shit, though. I don't want to be in like some fucking Shakespearean play, like like an elf or something like I'm not with that shit. I want to play like a normal scene. Like, let's let's play out a normal scene about normal people. But like having, you know, like I want to do normal shit, but like not professionally and not in a way that's like anything other than just like I don't want to audition for anything. (laughs) That's I just want to maybe take a class or something. Maybe maybe I'll take a class at some point. Just something. But I don't know. It's I don't know. It's hard. I think I, maybe I'll come around to the idea of taking an acting class because those exist. Um, they just always pull something really deep out of you, and I don't want to have a yeah. breakdown in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely cried in an improv workshop before. One hundred percent. Oh, child. Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) before we get out of here, I'll ask one last thing. Um, Do you how do you feel like the person you were back then would what would they say to you now? Like, what would they think about you now? Wow. Great question. I mean, dang, that's a good question. I like think not like the corny. Oh, what advice would you give them? Like, no. What would they <laughs> say to you if they could meet you? They could meet me. Oh, the company makes me feel like crying. <laughs> I think they'd be like, that's I'm so I'm happy you did all that, that you did it, you know, because like even when I was in high school, I didn't know I was going to be a psychologist. I didn't know that. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know wow like you live by yourself you have a car you're going to work <laughs> i don't know you have a car you go to work <laughs> wow <laughs> but it's just like adult type shit that's like autonomous away from your parents because yeah. i was so like almost enmeshed with my parents at that age i didn't think I couldn't even think beyond like not living at home. I think that I would probably that the younger me would cry. Like I am like a dream. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I don't think me in high school ever thought that I would make it like this. Like I want to say make it this far. It's not like I'm I'm not again. I mean, but fuck that. Like you don't have to be rich or famous to be like, wow, I can't believe I made it that far. Yeah, I have my own apartment i have Mm -hmm. a sense of style i can i've gotten into interior decorating like look what i've built for myself like Mm -hmm. i've been through so much and i'm still standing like exactly all of this shit i have two pets like i never thought i would have my own pets like that i mean i was a dog person too so if i did i guess i thought i would have like dogs Mm -hmm. but yeah i didn't know that i'd have two cats i didn't know that i would have all the shit that i want Mm -hmm. like i say that i want it and i'm buying it within a couple of months now yeah like i've gone on trips by myself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i feel pretty good about myself I don't know. Like everything's not perfect. And I think that's where we fuck up where we're stuck in our current place. And we're like, I want to be there. I'm not there yet. So I'm a failure. Like I'm not there yet. But like literally looking at where I was in high school, like I didn't want to be here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't like my life at all. Mm -hmm. It was torture. Um, Like looking back on certain things, it's just like, why do some people get to have such a good life? Like, why do some people get to have two loving parents and like parents who joke with them and parents who let them have sleepovers and like, Mm -hmm. you know, healthy relationships? They have friends. They look conventionally attractive. Like they have normal lives like you see on TV. Like, why couldn't my life be like that? It was depressing Mm -hmm. for a long time. Like I did not being made fun of. It's like I already don't like myself. Like y'all didn't have to go in on. You know, anyway, I'm not going to cry about this, mm. but it's just like making it this far. Yeah. Like having such a good thing. I'm like, geez, like, oh, this makes you like there is a higher power out there. Because it's like, how, how the fuck did I make it to here? Like make it like that. Exactly. All through all of that shit. And I mean, I'm like people who I, I we don't have I don't think we have any young listeners or whatever. But if we did, I would be like, dude, it literally can get better. Like, it, yeah, you know, like all these celebrities have this campaign of it gets better, but it really can. Yeah. Like things happen and I can't explain them. There's no pathway. I can't. Mm-hmm. Nobody can tell you how it gets better, what you can do. But it's just hanging in there and just taking responsibility for yourself working on yourself right and like making 
good decisions and you know we're all gonna fuck up and make a bad decision but like learning from it and being like that's on me or I had some responsibility in that I'm gonna do better next time and researching like researching what you want to like I wasn't good at interior design I just got on Pinterest or I saw things that other people had and I was like I want something like that it all comes from kind of like copying other people yeah, you fashioning know. yourself, adapting, kind of learning. Instagram and Pinterest and mm-hmm. stuff. It's really like Pick life is them. about learning. Like you get better because you learned. Like mm-hmm. you learned how to lay your wig better. <laughs> you learned how to. <laughs> My God. Uh, buy brows and I have better them. clothes. Like yeah. you learned that not everything has to be about saving money. Like fuck it. Like I really do feel like life is crazy and I just want to be happy while I'm here. So mm-hmm. everything that I do is about making good decisions for my peace and doing what I want. Mm-hmm. That's like like caring about myself and really focusing on that and also giving myself grace to be not great to be lazy or make bad decisions yeah. or get too drunk one night and be like, oh, I'm, I shouldn't have done that. You know, that type of stuff, like giving yourself grace. Yeah, dude. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. In psychology, there's a concept called equifinality where it's like there are multiple in an open system, which is like all systems are open because we live in entropy or whatever. Like there are multiple ways to get to an end point. There's not just one direct path. And like when you're young, you think it's like, well, okay, in order to like live a good, happy life, I need to be skinny. I need to have money. I need to be able to like look this way, have no acne, you know, be able to afford this and all that type of stuff. And then I'll be happy. And it's like, no. And then let's say you even had all that stuff. Like you don't know what's going to happen. And you also don't know what people are going through behind closed doors. So it's like there are multiple ways to get to an end state of happiness. And that looks different for every person. So Yeah. And I think just everything I was saying about high school and how I feel now, it's really hard to be happy as a teenager. Like it's all depending on your home environment, Mm -hmm, being happy as a teenager. Like that's why I'm like, we don't all need to have fucking kids. Not that I think that I wouldn't foster a good environment for a kid. Yeah. Like the idea of like, you can really fuck your kids up and make them unhappy. And like, if you can't really be there for your kids or afford certain things for your kids or your kids have to feel like shit or you can't even afford to pay attention to them like that Mm -hmm. just don't have them like they're better off not being here because like you i feel like an okay amount of us make it out but some people don't right so like just don't (laughs) i don't want to turn this into a don't have children psa but it's really fucking hard being a kid and being a teen and like it's really hard especially if you don't have if you don't come from a good family or like parents mm-hmm. who are there for you or give you the freedom to be yourself. Yeah. Do you have a, 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 a deep think or like a mental health thing or can we get out of here? Ooh, we can we can get out of here because I think my equifinality was like that piece. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in this one. I feel really good about this one. This was yeah. ther- very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. I never want to talk about high school again outside of therapy. <laughs> 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 but we'll we'll see y'all later on. Have a good whatever. Have a good day Peace. or night. Bye. Bye. You are listening to a Young Hag production. 